Hello and welcome to another episode of the Punt Return Podcast. I am Josh Wine. I'm joined live in the flesh for change. Um, in Melbourne here. I'm down in Melbourne for the week and I'm joined by uh, my co-host as usual, D3, Daryl Data. How you going, buddy? Yeah, I'm good. I, yeah, good to have you down here. Good to... Uh... Interesting to have a microphone in my face for the first time. Normally yeah. this by phone. Yeah, normally by phone. So a bit of a clearer uh, audio uh, issue here. So, uh, you know, the uh, listeners' ears will be very thankful for that. <laughs> um, unfortunately, uh, Josh uh, was going to phone in, so we would have still had some scratchy audio. Um, but uh, he's had something come up. Um, but he sent through his uh, his plays this week after uh, he had nine, a staggering nine plays last week. And we'll get to his results in a little bit, but he's, he's scaled it back a little, a little bit um, this week. Uh, probably given, tells you how they went. Yeah, exactly, given the results. So um, week five, obviously an incredibly frustrating week for some punters. Um, some all-time blunders costing plenty of tickets. So Miami completely blew a casket late against uh, the Bengals. I, I still can't believe the Bengals covered, um, and that was one of my players. So I'm counting my lucky stars there, but I've, you know, also, on the bad side of things, Baltimore um, had like 400 or something yards um, were in the red zone four times and, and managed uh, six points. So they just blew that. And then Dallas as well in overtime, punting the ball to the Texans. Um, so that cost a few tickets. But uh, I know Houston ended up being a, a pretty good play for you guys. Yeah, I enjoyed the end of that one. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, we had a few good plays last week. I think we're now 7-0 on greens on our final update, so I don't expect that to last too long, but it was good nonetheless. Um, Cincy minus 5.5 into Seattle plus 7.5 um, was the multi that Tab put up uh, with the edge, so that was a nice win. Nice to keep um, the money coming through there. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, incredibly lucky, but uh, well done to the punters that got onto that. I still can't believe Cincy covered. It's one of the all-time great covers in the last few years. I still... Yeah, can't believe that. So it, it's quite funny in football. You just got to count your bounces. At the end of the day, just the bounce of a ball can be yeah. the difference between winning and losing any game or any given week, really, if you've got sort of three or four plays. Yeah, we had a few go against us in some interesting fashion in college football, so it evens out. Oh, yeah. I don't want to even speak about college football. If people are reading uh, our college football articles every week over the last month, I'm terribly, terribly sorry um, if we've cost you money because... Yeah, it's been one of the worst months we've had betting in college football for for a while. But uh, there's no longer any winless teams in the NFL. The Cardinals picked up their first win. We still have two undefeated teams in the Chiefs uh, and the Rams. And just a little stat here, you know, the five way. Now, every team's played at least four games. So uh, teams that are three and two, they make the playoffs 48.3% of the time since 2002. And then teams that are two and three, they've only made it 20.9% of the time. So... It's interesting to see, you know, where the teams that have the the tie at two, two and one, the Vikings, Packers, Browns, and Steelers, if you kind of level that out, thirty four point six percent chance to make the postseason. So something to watch over the next couple of weeks as teams try to bounce back from that. Uh, last week, our lock of the week fell short by a point. Mm. Um, frustrating there, but we uh, three and two. But our kind of co-lock. Um, yeah, that it went over. Hopefully people listened and, and went on both, um, despite Mason Crosby missing five kicks, including four field goals. Uh, still went over there. Is he kicking this week? He's still surprisingly... <laughs> this is what annoys me with kickers as well. Like, he had a blunt... Like, most people get cut after that, right? Yeah. But they know there's just no one else better out there. So we'll just say he's got the yips that week and we'll trust him again. There can't be only, like, 20 good kickers in the world. <laughs> 
But just need some more Aussie rules players. Exactly, yeah. Get them over there. And some soccer players. Josh Lambeau, former uh, soccer player. So maybe give that a go. Uh, any other results worth noting from last week from, from yourself and the model? Um, as I say, the Houston one was interesting. Um, as, as you say, got to kind of minus two and a half for a little bit. The Philly game was a tough one. Um, over 41, San Francisco, Arizona became orange. Um, yeah, Detroit money line, Cleveland money line. There are a few good results. We've been doing well this NFL season. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully it carries on. Hopefully we don't go too crazy with too many of them. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's kind of just trying to play it right. You don't need to bet on every game. Yeah. So um, the fact that you can still get three or four players six weeks in, because the model loved a lot more early on, but it now it's starting yeah. to level out. Yeah, the first couple of weeks we were all over the slate and plays in pretty much most of the games. And as you say, last couple of weeks it's narrowed down. I think we're down probably to... I think we had three or four that looked promising when lines came out this year, this week, and it'll be interesting to see how they end up by game day. Yep. Uh, so just touching on our results from the pod last week, uh, both Woot and I love New England minus 10 um, for Thursday Night Football, and they delivered. Um, Daryl and Woot obviously celebrated Cleveland's glory while I uh, weeped Baltimore's loss there. Still filthy. Um, yeah, after a great week four where Woot went 100%, he finished four and five on these staggering nine plays with Carolina, Denver, San Fran, and the Rams all failing to cover the spread. So um, interesting to note there, there was a couple man versus machine there where the machine obviously dominated Woot. Uh, But his other two plays on the overs uh, delivered. Um, I was with Woot on Denver, unfortunately, but uh, managed to profit with Cincy covering uh, Carolina, New York, easily going over. And then I got on Dallas early, plus three and a half. So that was kind of the perfect result for both of us there. Yep. Um, and then Buffalo, I tipped up the money line. I kind of feel like the model a little bit, <laughs> tipping the really valued underdog there. Um, I tipped it up. Um, I tweeted it out as well. So if people think that I'm just sort of just making it up, I tweeted on Sunday night. I said, is anyone willing to go with me down this Buffalo money line rabbit hole? And they delivered. Um, I had no What's faith. In... <laughs> yeah, no, I think like no one went with me, <laughs> but I, I don't care. Um, I didn't trust Tennessee. I was happy to fade them. Um, and spoiler alert, I'm going to fade them again this week. Um, but let's uh, get into week six. But first, a word from our sponsors. Looking for a bit of a leg up on the punt this weekend? Or you love your NFL, but you're not sure what the value is? Get a sneak peek with Stats Insider's free subscriptions with featured games each day to give you the boost over the bookmakers. Visit statsinsider.com.au to sign up for free right now. And remember, always gamble responsibly. All right, let's look forward to week six. Detroit and New Orleans have the bye. Um, so it gives uh, Drew Brees a good two weeks to celebrate his uh, passing record um, after the 20-minute uh, ceremony they had during the game for him <laughs> that was there. Ridiculous. That was honestly the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Um, all right, Thursday night football. Philly minus three at the Giants. The total is set at 44. Darrell, what have you got? Um, don't think much of the total. Um, nothing on that. Um, we are liking the Giants plus three. Obviously, you know my story. I'd like it more if it was three and a half, but I like yep. it at plus three. Um, the Giants money line, I think, is also a play. We actually make this Giants by two. Um, mm. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I normally like a home dog here on Thursday Night Football going against a division rival, so I'm with the model there. I'm just going to avoid it. I'm just a little bit wary. There's a lot of talk this week about Philly underperforming and um, they kind of like reveled in that last year when everyone sort of counted them out. So I'm a little bit worried to hear that they might come out and have a good one. If I am going to have a bet, it is over the uh, 44 points. And I think Woot agrees with me as well. Uh, he's uh, sent through some notes as well. So he, he said 
Philly are giving up way too many big plays at the moment, um, especially to sort of wide receiver ones, and we've touched on that over the last couple of weeks um, on the NFL DFS from Down Under podcast. Check that out. Uh, so he's saying OBJ is going to have a field day. He thinks 44 is just a touch too low. Um, he thinks Philly will still put up points um, even without JHI just because they love a running back by committee there. Um, so he expects over 44 to be the play here. Um, he's not tipping against uh, or with his uh, Philly Eagles, but he's banking on some points. I probably agree with him, and I probably agree with you in that the Giants are probably the better play here. Um, yeah, if it gets to three and a half, though, I think I'll probably end up betting the Giants. I just don't know if it's going to get that way um, or not. So we'll have to see uh, early tomorrow morning or, or this morning if you're listening here on a Friday morning on your way to work. Um, but, yeah, please uh, check out the Stats Insider page because it'll update uh, closer to, to kickoff. And 44 is quite a big number on the total side, right? It's 3.84% push rate. So yep. if that gets below that and goes to 43 and a half, it's a good good one to watch out for yeah exactly uh so well interesting to see if it does push down or not um a couple of players out for the giants as well evan ingram uh russell shepherd um and then darren sproles out for philly so it might potentially trend uh towards the lower side there uh, all right next game arizona fresh off a win uh travel to minnesota to take on the vikings the vikings are 10 point favorites the total is 43 uh 43 and a half at some places um I'm a little bit weary on the Vikings after they were a big favorite against Buffalo at home a few weeks ago, and the model famously tipped that one up successfully and had a great, great, great day. Um, I'm kind of keen if this dips under 10, just because I was impressed with the Vikings last week. I do think they've their defense played a lot better um, on the road at Philly, given how bad they were to start the season, and Kirk Cousins looks very, very good. But at the same time, you know, Arizona, definitely an upgrade with Josh Rosen at quarterback. They, had, they could have scored a lot more. There was a few drops there that really cost them as well. So they could have put up a lot more points. So if it dips under 10, I might think about it, but I'm going to probably shy away from this game but just because I like too many other favorites for the rest of the week. And I just don't, re- I really, really hate it when it's a chalk week and I like a lot of favorites because I know there's always going to be a couple of upsets. So I'm just not sure. Uh, here, so I wonder if the model can ease my uh, doubt. Uh, not really. <laughs> the, <Thanks>. model, <laughs> the model doesn't really like much on this. Um, we have this Minnesota 27-16, so that's a uh, 43 total, which is what the total is. Minnesota minus 10 has plus 1%, so it's basically a parcel round. Yeah, so even if it gets to 9.5, probably just not enough even to get to an orange, which um, nah. if people have been following all season is a small play. Yeah. Uh, green is just you know chips in the table, sort of, if you're talking poker. <laughs> No more than 2% of your chips on the tape. Yeah, okay, there we go, there we go. All right, uh, so if you've also been following the podcast, um, we uh, use the three-letter abbreviations on our Google Doc here, and we normally put the LAC, which is the Los Angeles Chargers. Daryl keeps thinking it's the Clippers, so I've got the San Diego Chargers here, minus one at the Cleveland Browns. The total is 44 and a half. Uh, who do you like? Do you like the Clippers? We do like the Clippers. Um, yep. I've been spending too much of my time building our, getting our NBA models ready for the season. Um, yeah, we have these Clippers by four, 25-21. So that makes Clippers minus one, about a 9% value play on our numbers. So that qualifies as a green play. Um, the money line's also playable. Um, and with that kind of minus one money line option, I'd just be shopping around and see what the best price you can get is. Yeah, definitely agree there. Um, I like it. I'm on the charges as well. Um, it's not too big of a favorite or a chalk play here when it's minus one. It's essentially nearly a pick'em at that point. Um, I just think they're a better team, but it's funny that the, the last Browns win before this season was actually against the Chargers, 
um, back in 2016. So I'm a little bit wary. Cleveland's defense is very good, but I was really impressed with the Chargers' uh, defense because Oakland been putting up points and they held them to, I think, 10 points last week. And, and Philly, uh, sorry, Philip Rivers um, and the Chargers' offense is just humming. So I do think the Chargers are, are a good play here at minus one and they're definitely going to be one of my plays this week. And uh, we'll have an article up on Stats Insider. Uh, in the next day, and uh, the Chargers will be featured on that article. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, all right, Chicago, minus three, fresh off a bye. They travel to Miami uh, to take on the Dolphins. 41.5 is a total. I kind of like the Bears, but this is a clear avoid spot for me, just just on the road in Miami. Um, it's been a while since we've seen the Chargers. Uh, the, the Bears, they, I'm sorry, my mind is frazzled here, but uh, the Bears... <laughs> The Bears, look, the last time we saw them, they were offensively amazing. Trubisky had probably the best game of his career. I want to see them do it consistently. So if they do it against Miami, then I'm going to be a lot more keen to bet on the Bears and uh, going forward. But I think this is just a clear avoid spot for me. Yeah, I pretty much agree. I mean, we have this Bears 23-19, so, you know, minor, very small lean towards the Bears. But, yeah, passing. I won't be betting it. Yeah, no, no thanks. Uh, Carolina at Washington. Washington minus one, totals 44 and a half. Took a while for this sort of uh, odds to come through after Washington's uh, embarrassing loss to the Saints, and there was a bit of doubt over uh, Adrian Peterson and Chris Thompson. There still is a little bit of doubt over both those players. Um, Adrian Peterson, the victim of a, a devastating hit and on his leg and his shoulder, and then Chris Thompson, um, I think, is a bit of a concussion candidate after Alex Smith threw a hospital pass to him going for a meaningless two-point conversion late in that game. <laughs> so... Poor Chris Thompson. I'm a pass on this. Um, I've been impressed with Carolina the last few weeks, but Washington are the most kind of like Jekyll and Hyde team in the league. They've been really great in their wins and then really, really, really bad in their losses, so I'm just going to avoid. Yeah, so we make this... We have this as 21-21, so nothing on the sides. Um, 40 the draw. Yes. <laughs> overtime. I wonder what you got in overtime. Yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. But yeah, we make under 44 and a half a play. So let's say we make it a 42 total. Um, and as I mentioned before, the 44 is reasonably valuable. So getting the right side of that, under 44 and a half, small play. Yeah, I don't mind a, a total bet on that game. It just given the confidence level of both those teams' consistency. Um, yeah, I think under could be could be a play there. Uh, Indy at the Jets. The Jets are two and a half point favorites. The total is 45. Daryl, what have you got? Um, so we make this Jets 24-22, so pretty much a pass on the total. Um, I'd probably need three and a half to take Indy, to be honest, so it's most likely going to be a pass. I'm going to take the Colts here. Uh, I'm going to put on my Colts hat on here. I am a, a, a Colts fan, but I've actually made a lot of money betting against them <laughs> this season, so I'm pretty happy about that. But this time, this is the perfect spot for me. I, I, I really like the spot here. The Colts lost an, ug- an ugly game on a short week in New England, in prime time. So there's a lot of stink around them because it was in prime time. But, you know, how many teams look bad in New England like that? A lot. And then the Jets, obviously, they pumped the Broncos, but the Broncos were on a short week traveling uh, east, sorry, west to east on a short week in the morning slate where they've had some troubles. So in hindsight, probably shouldn't have bet the Broncos last week. Um, but, yeah, I just think the result kind of gives us a bit of an inflated line because of that result. I think these teams are very evenly matched. Uh, I don't think the Colts are really that bad against New England. It was only a seven-point game at one point in the third quarter. Um, so I think this line probably should be one or even pick them at this point. Um, and the two teams, they're back-to-back in overall DV- DVOA. The Jets are 17th, the Colts are 18th. So 
Um, I am going to wait and see if it gets to that flat three for mm-hmm. the Colts. I definitely prefer it there. Um, and, yeah, the Colts are going to be without Hilton and Jack Doyle, but the Jets are also going to be without uh, Buster Screen and uh, Tremaine Johnson, who are a big part of the reason why the Jets are sixth in past defensive DVOA. So um, they're both out. So that kind of gives the Colts a little bit of an advantage. And I also want to see if Darius Leonard is healthy as well. He's a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. Um, the Colts are much better at stopping the run with him on the field. So I'm just going to keep an eye on all of that. And if you don't trust the Colts, maybe take the over. Six of the Jets' last eight games against the Colts have gone over. So that could be a play potentially. But, yeah, I think the Colts plus three. I'm going to wait for it. I think it might get there. It's kind of trending in it that direction. Like um, yeah, I definitely would love it more at three and a half, but I'm going to take the three before um, it might bounce back to two and a half if, if plenty of sharps bet it. It's a bit of a yo-yo game, right? I think it opened at, you know, Indy plus three minus 15 in the US odds. Um, yep. Pinnacle are now plus money on the two and a half. You can get plus 102. Um, so it looks like it's going to head back to three. Oh, great. Great, great news. <laughs> um, all right. Pittsburgh at Cincy. Cincy are two and a half point favorites. The total is 53. Um, look, I just can't bet the Bengals as a favorite in a division match. Um, I love betting the Bengals as an underdog in the division. Um, or, you know, against Miami. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm probably going to avoid, if I was to lean away, it would probably be Pittsburgh plus sort of two and a half. Again, if it gets to three, um, I like it a little bit better. Um, 53 seems a bit high. Um, just the Steelers defense hasn't been great, but since he kind of missing a few weapons here and there on offense. So I don't know, maybe the under might be a play. Yes, I got mentioned this before. Steelers Bengals to me just sounds like a defensive battle from the days I started watching NFL. Yep. <laughs> oh, it has been, and there've been some of the great games have been just really bad slogs between these two teams. Yeah. Vontae's Burfitt. You could be, if you could bet on Vontae's Burfitt getting suspended in this game, I would bet it. <laughs> I don't care what the price is. <laughs> yeah. So when we make this twenty-five, twenty-four, Cincy, so staying away on the um, spread. But yeah, small green on the under for us um, at the moment, and. 53, I think it's perfectly bettable there. Yep. Okay. Tampa Bay at Atlanta. Atlanta minus 3.5. The total is 57.5. So Josh has messaged me as well. He has over 57.5 here. He likes, he said a line of 57 or higher has never gone under um, when these two teams have played each other. Um, Scraped by last week. He said, do it again. So, uh, He's liking the overs on Atlanta at the moment. I don't blame him. They're second last in uh, DVOA defense. Tampa Bay are also last. So you've got 31st defense versus the 32nd ranked defense. And you've got two teams that are way, way, way better on offense um, than they are on defense. So I do like the over 57.5. And, and I like Atlanta here. I know they're 1-4, and four, but I'll look, look ahead to their schedule. This could be the start for them to win their next couple and potentially get back to sort of four and four and, and try and march into the playoffs um, late if they get Dion Jones back and players like that. So I like Atlanta at home here. Um, we'll talk about it, this in the DFS Down Under podcast, but Julio Jones has often owned the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I think this might be a big Julio week for Atlanta. We do one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well and truly due. But um, I have a feeling this might be our uh, man versus machine <laughs> match of the week. Yeah, so as you were talking, I was thinking about this. Um, so the model at the moment likes the under here, um, as well as we're back on the Tampa Bay train. So we make this Atlanta by one. Um, so Tampa Bay by three and a half just qualifies as a green bet. 
But it's an interesting one from a modeling perspective and from a bookmaking stroke kind of behavioral psychology perspective. And the same holds true in AFL and um, NRL that when totals are really high, they go over more than you'd expect. And when they're really low, they go under more than you'd expect. Mm. Um, partly because kind of there's some theories, I guess, that the psychology of setting the line is that people will see that number and say, oh, it has to be under that. Yep. So your weight of money from a bookmaking perspective is going to be tilted. Um, but also, from a modeling perspective, models notoriously do less well at the extremes. So okay. when there's a massive difference in quality between teams or when there's a super high expected total or a super low expected total, that's where there's less information and it's where a machine learning model and most models um, struggle a little bit. So one to consider if you're thinking about the under, but Tampa Bay plus three and a half, I'll bet. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, I like that. that was a, a cool deep dive into the model <laughs> and the psychology. Like, I love the psychology of betting. I know like there's a lot of negative stigma over betting, especially this week with the Opera House and all that sort of stuff. But um, the psychology side of things is always fascinating um, to me in terms of when people see a total that high. Generally, I, when you see a total that high, you just lean towards the under because it's just like, you know, the, it's the odds are kind of in your favor when you got a total that high, but then also when you start to look at the teams and 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 where they rank on defense and things like that, I just yeah, I think that's just going to be over again. Uh, but then again, at the same time, we've seen this happen before where teams are like they just get into it. Like it, it depends on the the tone of a game early, and it could end up being well and truly under. Um, we've seen it before. I think a couple of years ago, New Orleans and the Saints played each other, and there was like 80 points in that game. And then they went, they played each other again a year later, and everyone expecting a high total, and it ended up being like 12 to nine or something, <laughs> and it went under by like 45 points. So that's always something that I always, <laughs> always come back to because I bet the over in that game, and it was, it was scoring hard. But um, anyway, Seattle minus three at Oakland, our first London game of the season. Uh, Seattle are three point favorites. Um, Oakland technically the home team. If that means anything, uh, 48.5 is the total. I'm um, interested to see what the model does when there's a neutral venue here. Um, you obviously just change a setting, obviously, when you do this with a neutral venue. Yeah, so it's A, that it knows it's a neutral venue, B, it knows the stadium. I don't Was this the game that was originally scheduled for Tottenham's new stadium? And I think got so, moved, so yeah. yeah. I think it's back at Wembley. Yeah, it's back at Wembley. I still haven't managed to finish building it. Yep. <laughs> I'm a Tottenham go. fan, so. Oh, there you go. Um, but yes, we have, we have this 25-21 Seattle, um, basically a no bet on the spread. We're orange on the under, um, but I mean, tying back into what I just said, London is still a relatively small sample size compared to the NFL as a whole, and so that would be enough reason for me basically just to pass on the total. And it's also interesting as well, because technically normally the London games um, were played a lot earlier in the day to normal, but they've kind of pushed them back now so that they're part of red zone. Yeah. And so I'm not. They've only done this recently. So normally the London game would kind of be on about midnight here in in Sydney or Melbourne. Well, it's one p.m. London time, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of a weird sort of. So is this now six p.m. London, one p.m. Eastern? I think it. I'll double check what time the game is on because normally it used to be on a lot earlier, but they they want it to be part of the normal schedule. Yeah, so it's starting at four a.m. here, like any mm. other game. So. It's a 6 p.m. London time. Yeah, so it's kind of a nighttime game instead of a day game. So I don't know how that affects the psychology of the players and how they travel um, and what that affects. But I found a random stat looking at the last, like I typed in sort of London and it brought up the international series. The last three games, two have been in London, one in Mexico. 
Um, the last three international series game, a team has scored exactly 33 points, which I found is a very weird NFL team total for one. Um, but it's happened in the last three games. So I'm going to suggest it's not highly predictive. No, it's just, <laughs> it's just really random. So I just found that yeah. really interesting. So 33 points. If a team finishes on 33 points, I'm going to get my foil hat out <laughs> here. Um, I like the over in this game. Um, when it comes to the total, the over has been the hot bet um, when NFL clubs travel to England. The over has paid out in 11 of the past 16 matchups between uh, games in London in 2017. Two of the four tilts went over. Um, that was the Jags, Ravens, and Browns, and Vikings. Um, and then over is six of the last ten in London have been um, over as well. And I just think there's been a massive trend in offense in 2018 as well. So just think the over is um, probably a better bet here just with these two teams as well. But since 1970 here, this is a stat Adam Schefter tweeted out. Um, this year, through five weeks, we've had the highest completion percentage, most p- passing touchdowns, highest touchdown percentage, highest touchdown to interception ratio, and highest pass attempts per team per game. So um, I think that all trends well. And I do think Seattle, they got off to a slow start, but they've been kind of humming pretty well the last two weeks. They got Doug Baldwin back on offense. Um, and then also, this is a sneaky revenge game for Marshall and Lynch as well, um, playing against Seattle for Oakland. So I like over 48 here in this game. So another man versus model uh, play. I saw that... Um... Revenge game notice in the um, DFS down under sheets. I'm sure we'll come back to that one yeah, later. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, Love a sneaky revenge game. Yeah. So to summarize, this is two West Coast teams playing in an East Coast afternoon time slot, which is actually evening in London. Yeah, that that is that is whack. How do you even project what, what that would do? Um, yeah, I'm glad you're English because like, I was trying to work out what time this would be starting in England and you just got it straight away. Obviously, you know... Uh, what time everything starts, like yeah. just from natural getting up and, and watching soccer and all that sort of stuff as well. Um, all right, Buffalo at Houston. This is another one that took a while to get a line. There's a little bit of um, question marks around Deshaun Watson with a chest injury. He took some big hits in the Dallas game. I just don't understand why he kept running, and, and, and he, he ran into contact a lot, which baffles me. Um, but anyway, Houston are 10-point favorites here. Total is 41. Um, I'm going to pass, but I am... Keen potentially to to bet Buffalo again. I just don't think Houston's great. I feel like they're very very overrated. They've benefited from um, some questionable coaching decisions. Even though I think Frank Wright made the right call um, last or the two weeks ago against Houston, I definitely think they benefited massively um, here with um, Jason Garrett punting in overtime. Um, they're they're not a very very good team. So I'm yeah I'm definitely going to pass. We passed two. Um, 26-16 Houston, basically in line with the market. Yeah, I just really want Bill O'Brien to get fired because I'm sick of watching him coach just so conservative with Deshaun Watson. Like, let him loose. Um, all right, Los Angeles Rams, minus seven on the road at Denver. Total 52.5. I can't remember a total being that high for a Denver home game. That's pretty crazy. Even though I think it probably was with Kansas City a couple of weeks ago, but it's just still weird seeing a total in the 50s with Denver. You just normally associate strong defense with them over the last few years. Um, so the health of Cup and Cooks uh, is very important here for the Rams offense. So I'm going to keep an eye on that one um, later in the week. If both of those are out, um, it's going to be a lot easier for the Broncos to defend the Rams. Part of the the Rams' allure is they spread these the, the uh, defenders out I think I saw a stat today that Todd Gurley's only faced eight men in the box to defend the run in 9% of the plays that he's been on the field or 9% of the runs that he's had, um, which is just massive um, because you've got to defend Cup, Cooks, and Robert Woods. So 
if both of those are out, I'll be tempted to take the Broncos plus seven. Um, seven and a half would be very tempting. Um, I pretty much agree with that. Um, so at the moment, we're orange on plus seven. Um, we like the Broncos money line. Seven and a half would basically make it a green bet first, and I'll probably hold out to see if that happens. Um, we're leaning towards the under slightly. Um, 27-23 Rams is our current projection. Yeah, and I kind I like the under as well, especially if Cup and Cooks are out. Um, so that I think that's just one to really watch the injury news over the next few days. It's it's looking like they will play, but you just never know with concussions. So um, it can just go anyway. Uh, Jacksonville minus three at Dallas. Total is forty and a half. Pass. I, I just don't want to touch this <laughs> game at all. After Blake Bortles' mess against the Chiefs, that was just disgusting quarterback play. And then for Dallas, again, disgusting on offense. I, I don't know what to do. Um, watch something else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't even know if I want to watch this game. Yeah, yeah nothing for me. Yeah, awesome. Um, sound sound advice there from uh, D3. Uh, Baltimore minus 2.5 at Tennessee. Total is 41 here. Um, yeah, I think we might have our lock this week, potentially. Yeah, so we make this 24-19 Baltimore. So Baltimore minus 2.5 is quite appealing. It's not quite qualifying at the moment. I suspect that might change as we get closer to game time. But, yeah, small lean at the moment. Baltimore money line and minus 2.5. Yeah, I, I like Baltimore minus 2.5. I feel like I've bet on Baltimore kind of every week. Um, not even, like, just to win just games involving Baltimore. I've seen to have been betting on. Um, yeah, Josh is on Baltimore minus 2.5 as well. Um, he sent notes and he saw what I'd written. He just said same reasons as me. Bit of a cop out there from from Josh. Uh, typical Woot. Um, but yeah, I just think you've got two defense first teams here: the Ravens and Titans, um, both kind of top ten defenses. Um, I just think the Ravens are just much stronger on defense and more consistent. They've allowed the third fewest points um, in the league, and they've just they've only given up fifteen point four points per game, the fewest in the league. Um, and the Titans' offense, they only averaged 17.4 points per game. They've played one good half of football this entire season against the Eagles in that comeback victory. The rest has been very, very, very average. So you actually probably trust Joe Flacco, even with his flaws and form, over the Titans' offense. So I just think the Ravens, um, they're a much better team, much better offense. There's a DVOA gap of 14 spots here. Baltimore are 6, Tennessee at 20th. You're getting under a field goal for a 14-point 14, 14 gap. Um, I do think uh, Baltimore is the play here, minus 2.5. Yep. Uh, Kansas City at New England. Uh, New England minus 3.5. It's a firm pass for me. I'm keen to watch this game, um, but I'm not keen to bet on it. 59 is a staggering total, but both these teams are much, much better on offense and defense. Yeah, it'll be an interesting one. Um... I think we have this 31-28 New England, so I mean it's basically past territory for me. Like you say, it'd be a good game to watch. 59 total comes back to what we were talking about with the 57 and a half totals yep. earlier. But yeah, um, passing for me. Yeah, uh, Kansas City will be without their best probably defensive player that's he- oh, he's not healthy, but um, Eric Berry hasn't played yet, so you can't really call him their best. But Justin Houston is going to miss this game, which is kind of massive for Kansas City's pass rush. Um, you can't give Brady time. You need to give him pressure if you're going to beat them. Um, Josh likes New England, minus three and a half. Um, he thinks it's their statement game this season. So, you know, He said they're slowly finding their rhythm. They've had the extra rest. Um, and, and Bill Belichick will have enough to slow down this KC defense and outcoach Andy Reid. 
and he likes that Brady's kind of built trust with Josh Gordon. That was encouraging last week. His snaps have gone up slowly over the last two weeks, and um, with him, you know, being a deep threat, it's going to open things underneath for Edelman, James White, and Gronk. Um, he thinks that they're just going to have more long, methodical uh, type drives there to to win and keep Mahomes off the field. I think so. He likes uh, New England minus three and a half. So. Um, it's a clear no from us, but Josh's uh, all systems go on the Pats. Yeah, I mean, you pay, I think the fair price is, what, 28 cents or something on this three. I'm just looking around. You can get minus three, minus 130. You're basically, that's equivalent to three and a half. I can't see him getting the three. Yep. But... Yeah, he likes. He still likes three and a half. Yeah. So um, I think, yeah, keep keep an eye out if it does get to three, but I don't think it will. I think it's probably going to stay rock solid there, as, as Daryl said. If you want to buy the points, but you lose your value. Uh, San Fran at Green Bay, blockbuster game for prime time. <laughs> oh, God, 46 and a half here. Um, again, I really, really hate that I like a lot of the favorites this week. So let me say, tread lightly on a chalk week. Um, but I just think this line would be a lot higher if Green Bay won last week. And that, as I said, I touched at the top of the show, the big reason they lost was Mason Crosby left 12 points, uh, 13 points off off the field and miss kicks. So um, that's a massive for them. So I do think this game will be very similar to Green Bay's sort of suffocation of Buffalo at home a fortnight ago. Um, so I like that you can get under 10. Um, and I think that San Fran have been okay. They've moved the ball well on offense, but it's a little bit different playing on the road at Lambeau. Aaron Rodgers looks a lot healthier. As I said, they probably should have won. This line would be probably close to 12, I think, if they just beat the, the Lions, but uh, given the loss, you get in that under 10 range there. Um, and, and Rogers in prime time. We saw what he did last time he was in prime time with that epic comeback against the Bears. Yeah, so this is an interesting one. So at the moment, we have a small lean to the San Francisco money line. We're projecting 28-20 Green Bay. Just looking around, you can get kind of well, plus 350, plus 330, plus 330, plus 340. Um, if that line goes to 10, that money line price is going to jump up and be a lot more appealing, I think. Yep. Um, so I'd probably hold out to see if that goes to 10. If it goes to 10, I might be interested in a small play San Fran and San Fran money line. There we go. Another kind of man versus machine uh, <laughs> model. Um, we kind of touched at our lock of the week earlier, but uh, we'll take a quick break and then come back and, and lock that in. There are touchdowns, and then there are... Experience a true touchdown with a Stats Insider premium subscription. That's NFL predictions and value plays for every game, giving you the ultimate edge against the bookies. Touchdown in every way possible this season. Go premium today at statsinsider.com.au. Gamble responsibly. All right, I think it's pretty obvious this week. Um, Last week we struggled, um, but normally it's very rare that the three of us are on the same page. Um, So I think for the second time this year, Baltimore... Uh, are going to be our lock of the week, and they delivered in week one, um, so the form is there. Um, Daryl, are you happy to lock that in? Yeah, so it's only a lean for us, but yeah, happy to go with that one. The other one that's interesting is the Clippers stroke charges, I think. Oh, okay, yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay. We might have a co-lock then. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, well, they were successful last, or well, not successful, but one and one um, last week, so if you count that successful, um, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you're paying a small sort of 6 or 7% tax, depending on what you're what odds you're getting for you? Getting 107%. Please bet somewhere else um, and find, find something a little bit more competitive. But yeah, uh, yeah, okay, I like it. I forgot. I completely forgot about the Clippers or the <laughs> or the San Diego Chargers there. All right, we'll co-lock it here. Baltimore 
and uh, the Chargers here. So, which is fine for my brand because I am I am on the Chargers and the Ravens this season. <laughs> I like them. They're higher my team uh, rankings list this season and projections. So, yeah, um, great for my brand and uh, links Josh up with the market. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, he's a, he is a Chargers fan, but he has been betting the Browns, so he might not be too happy. But you know, tough titties. If you're not here, you can't uh, you can't be held accountable at the same time. So um, if the Chargers do lose, he'll he'll come in and say, "I told you so" next week, <laughs> even though he hasn't told us so at all. Uh, all right, Daryl, any final thoughts on this week before we finish finish up? No, I think it's just a case as usual, kind of watching any late player, you know, injury news, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, checking back. Um, I always go by our closing lines normally for a lot of my final bets. So whatever that is, 3.30 a.m. probably yeah. on uh, Monday morning. But um, it should be a decent week of games, I think. And there's a few kind of promising looking bets amongst it. Yeah, exactly. Only a couple more weeks until it's a 5 a.m. start for everyone on the uh, East Coast. So that's encouraging. A bit more sleep. That's morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A bit more sleep rather than being up overnight. So that's encouraging for the people. But I definitely agree there. Um, especially with that, that, the Rams uh, line there is keeping on on health of players. Um, and I mentioned the Colts linebacker as well. So a few little player bits and pieces just based on the matchup. So it's always handy to keep an eye on that. There's nothing of note weather-wise as well. So that's always something to keep an eye on. Uh, but as always, you can follow uh, us on Twitter at Wooten You can follow me at JYNFL. And you can follow Daryl on Twitter. Yep, DP, at DP Woodford. And, um, and Stats Insider. Yeah, at Stats Insider. And at Fantasy Insider, um, please check that out as well. But as always, um, happy punting. Gamble responsibly. And we'll be back next week to talk results and uh, preview week seven. We're nearly halfway through the NFL season. That's it's crazy. Quick. It's unbelievable. 